This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, it's a fresh shit aganza. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So, I was planning on doing an entire show about Dune, the novels, the movies, the everything, why it's sort of the Star Wars that's never going to be as big as Star Wars, because it's smart and junk. Anyway, I had this whole thing planned out, and then yesterday, I get messages from the boys on Slack where I never look, Uh, and apparently all week they've been like, maybe we shouldn't do Dune, maybe we should talk about uh, uh, Another Way to Die, or whatever that James Bond horribleness is that's coming out, and and so I was like, okay, so no Dune, got it, and so I show up today and they're like, well, what are we doing? Are we doing a Dune? Oh, fuck all of you, we're doing a fresh shitaganza, because we haven't done a show in a couple weeks for various reasons. And so we've all been just soaking up all that entertainment, just like you. Uh, and so we're kicking out the, the the goodies, the things you should see, the things you shouldn't see. And uh, you know what? We can't possibly have covered everything that's happened in the last month. So you got to get in touch with us if, if you've seen something we don't mention, uh, because we want to know more. We really want to hear from you. We really, really do magnificently huge just search for it on whatever it is you use find us and tell us what you're into we want to know we'll mention you we'll 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 thank you greatly i don't know listen to the show jesus hi everybody magnificently hey, huge hey. podcast what's up what's this up? is eric that's chris hey, eric, this is brian no no you're yeah. Bri- you're brian i'm chris get it straight Yes, we did it. <laughs> and that's Eric over there. And this is the Magnificently Huge Podcast, as we said. And uh, uh, intros incredible. in under one minute. Ba-boom. Yeah. We, uh, we don't always do that, because uh, no. after four and a half years, we still don't know what the hell we're doing. Awesome. Back after a couple of weeks of uh, 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 time off, and, and, and now we're back to it. Yes. We are. And we... We we totally fumbled the topic this week. <laughs> I'll take the blame on this. Eric had a topic, and I'm like, "Yeah, but can we do that in a couple weeks?" And and then it was like, "Well, now we don't have a topic." So yeah, so yeah, <laughs> you're I'm, welcome. I'm willing to say it's your fault if you want. But we've been away better. so long sure. that we all, except for Chris, have like watched so much fresh shit that uh, we're just gonna do a fresh shit aganza. <laughs> This shit is fresh! Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh! Well, I will say this, part of the reason that we had time off is because I took a a week, and I went to Chicago with my wife, and we walked top to bottom that fucking town. We, We averaged about eight miles a day, on foot, just seeing all of the stuff. And I don't know if that sounds tiring to you, but I slept <laughs> so good every yeah. night. It was amazing. And I don't get that kind of sleep at home because I've got dumbass cats that always like to wake me up. Walking cities always result in better sleep. It's weird. Oh, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Mm. 
And it's just, it's so weird being in a city like Chicago that has actual working mass transit mm-hmm. that you forget that other cities don't have that. Like when I come home, I get pissed because then I'm like, I should be able to just walk two blocks, <laughs> get on a fucking train and go anywhere or get on that bus. But no, here in Austin, don't move here, by the way. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. You could wait an hour for a goddamn bus and then it would take you four hours to get across town. It's well, so irritating. Having been in Austin to visit you, though, that city, it's like a drop of oil in the ocean that just spreads. I mean, it is yeah. a wide, wide city. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, and, and I don't know how who public grew up transit. in Phoenix, which is also pretty sprawly, but yeah. Austin is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, Austin, like not moving here from Phoenix, it's like Austin is not built on any sort of grid system for its streets because there's so many rivers and streams and hills and nooks and crannies that that's literally how it built up since the 19th century. And so when I moved here, you could literally follow a road and just think, oh, I'll turn here because that's west and that'll get me where I'm going. And then you wind up in a dead end and then you got to turn around and then you got to figure out how to get back to where you were (laughs) to go back where you were going. It's such a screwball city. It's just, ugh, nothing about it is good. Nothing, but there you have it. That's my little. <laughs> now imagine usually doing that walking. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> usually, people who are like, "Don't move to Austin," you know, are interpreted as being, "I live in Austin, and I don't want more people here." Chris is like, "No, seriously, I'm Save leaving. Yourself. If, yeah, if no one should be here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is not worth it for the hipster cred. Faux show. <laughs> there you go." But Meanwhile, season, those of us in Portland say, you know what? We're tired of you assholes from California moving up here. Don't move yeah. here anymore. Move we're, to Austin. Yeah, we're getting all the assholes from California. Thanks to you, just redirecting them. So, muchos graciosos. Mm. Uh, is it winter in Portland, by the way? I keep seeing reports it's, that the weather's getting cold. It's cold. It's, uh, okay. it's autumnal, I would say. Okay. Which is nice. I love it. It's cloudy, it's rainy, and I get to eat apples. <laughs> so you don't eat apples no, except the fall apples are for real <laughs> no no really good apples okay. like like oregonian <laughs> apples like i drive like five minutes outside of beaverton and i hit farmland and like on the edge of the farmland they have little shacks where they sell sacks their apples apple and shacks do you do you I'm, get like I'm, bags of apples yes apple and, bags and I'm, I'm like a little child <laughs> so uh, that's always just i'm i'm sad that it's the case but anytime i hear the word apples i immediately uh cross-reference in my brain pan to goodwill hunting that's just immediate so now i'm like how yeah. do you like them apples it's just irritating yeah <laughs> I no no i i do that all the time too god damn it fuck you gus van zandt I, at work, there was some thing that screwed up, and there was a guy in dev who thought it was my fault, and I was like, no, I didn't do anything, and so I wrote an email to a third person asking them if they did it, and they said, yeah, that was me doing this thing, and I wrote back the first guy in dev, and I said, hey, do you like apples? That's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Nothing like a 25-year-old film reference to really stick it to somebody. That's good. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to stick it to somebody who might be younger than the film. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> no, no. He was so, my age. Okay. Really? Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm interested. So do you all have uh, movies, TV shows, music? Oh, like, what's I have your... all of it. 
You got yeah, a whole, all of it, a full apple bag. Okay, pile. I'll, I'll, I'll kick you off though. I'll, let's 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 get the show rolling with something that maybe we'll get a hashtag out of. Okay. Uh, because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one of us that went and saw Venom. Let there be carnage. Oh, good <laughs> You're right. Christ. Yeah, you are right. I <laughs> there was nothing about that that made me go. I really got to get out and uh, see this thing. Yeah, it looked. Terrible. Yeah, including the previous movie, right? Yeah, does like, it? Does it still yeah. use the uh, toe tapping Eminem theme song? Yeah, please, please. Oh no, no! It's 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 so much worse than that. Um. <laughs> So what we have in this one is a cover of the Eminem theme song, except not just any cover of the Eminem theme song. No, this is performed in the movie by a woman who is rapping on stage at a music festival in San Francisco, at which Venom is in attendance as the symbiote Venom. So there is a scene with like a, a club DJ scene where Venom has glow sticks around him dancing to a woman covering Eminem's Venom and it wow. is not as entertaining as that just sounded. It really say, is not. That sounds like really selling it. That almost makes me want to see it, but that's disheartening see, that that can't happen to you know make a good movie. All the reviews were like, you know, this is really leaning into into we know how goofy this is and (laughs) i mean at times that's true but no they're not like the script is just bad the script is bad which is Um, shocking i gotta tell you that's just shocking to hear that honestly that first one was so bad i don't even understand why there's a second one well because they made money because it makes money yeah yeah it's like they don't they don't care they just they're they're flicking the abacus beads and just going, did it make money? Yep. Okay. Fire up another one, kids. Let's uh, burn some more. F- yeah. So Venom Let There Be Carnage is a straight up B movie. It is 90 minutes long and all of the good shots are in the trailer. Of right. Course. Like they they did this thing on the quick and dirty. I think Andy Serkis is the director for this one. Yeah. Um, they got Woody Harrelson to play Carnage. And I read one reviewer who was like, this could have been a million times better if they'd gotten Nick Cage to be Carnage, and they're right. So, <laughs> um, so wait, so Woody Harrelson plays a character named Carnage, and the name of the movie is Let There Be Carnage? That's why it's called this? Yeah, because yeah, Carnage is this popular red version of Venom in the comics <laughs> that's like even more evil and shit. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard today. <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah, all week because you know it's a rough week. But today, definitely dumbest uh, I've heard. Yeah, it, it the their theme was a clever one, which is that structurally the movie is a a movie about people who are trying to make their marriage work. It's just that those two people are Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and Tom Hardy as Venom, trying to figure out how to get along, even though they don't agree about much. Ugh. Well, and, yeah, it's a relationship uh, movie well, about the, that. Yeah, the first one was like a like a weird buddy comedy almost. And then I like the only snippet I read about this one is that they basically took it into an exploration of like polyamory 
almost because of, like, <laughs> a lot of like threesome things going on where they like multiple couples. So it just didn't. Yeah, sound, you're not wrong. Oh, it just sounds oh terrible. Oh. No, it's <laughs> oh, it's God. just schlock. It's it's schlock, and the writing sucks, and the action sequences are. okay okay it it, i can see how it seemed like a good idea but it feels like they just just kind of phoned it in a little bit well i mean it it should have been better if the idea is just to make more money i don't think it matters it's like somebody in a meeting said we could do this and they said yes go here's a check yeah right so by far the most notable and interesting thing about venom let there be carnage is it's a spoiler, but everybody knows by now. The post credit scene has Venom uh, blink into an alternate dimension, and he sees Tom Holland's Peter Parker being revealed as Spider-Man on the TV. Yeah, I knew they were going to do some bullshit. Yeah, so <sighs> some in some weird way or another, there's a multiverse where these characters inhabit the same multiverse, yeah. and I assume this is all about the contracts, the ongoing negotiations between Marvel and Sony for blah, 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 blah. Well, well Dr. Octopus is in the preview for the next Spider-Man, yeah. so yeah, yeah, they're they're sort of they're, converging it all. They're, they're gonna and they were it. trying to make a villain super universe, and, you know, yep, that didn't happen. It's just, it's just irritating, because Loki, while not a bad show, was not great, but that's the one where they basically decided that they were going to set the stage for all of the multiverse crap that's about to come, and it's just, I'm... I'm tired already, and it hasn't even begun. <laughs> so it's just come on, Marvel. It's it's almost too much. It's too lazy almost because they could literally just say, "Well, yeah, it's just part of the multiverse. Don't worry about it." Oh. <laughs> so so thank you for the segue. Let's just get right into. I also finished off this season of What If. Okay. Did you guys? No, did you guys I stick with that at all. I crapped out after the zombie one. Like, I don't okay. think I went any further because it just it so was, it was it not got good. Better, really? It got so yeah. It turns out that they're actually building up to the end of the season, which is a a multi dimensional story that touches on characters from all the previous episodes. the The gag is that the next to last episode is called "What If Ultron Won." And it's like 30 minutes of just Ultron defeating everything across <laughs> all dimensions. <laughs> nice. Like Ultron just kicking ass and yeah. and realizing that there are alternate dimensions. And then he's like, oh, well, I need to extinguish all life in this dimension, too, yeah. don't I? Okay. Yeah, see, it just and, seems like MCU is just going to lean a little too hard on that whole multiverse thing now. Oh that's yeah, my, no, they're, that's my they're problem. Full in. And yeah. what nobody seems to recognize is that the multiverse is the reason Marvel Comics fell into that hole of uh, continuity issues. Yeah. I mean, it it, it sure. became a mess. Yeah, and, well, and same just... with DC. DC actually had to kill everybody and restart it. Like yeah, in the eighties or nineties. Yeah, the New Fifty Two was like that was like. 2006 or something where they did that well then they had the they've done it a few times yeah but it just seems like they they don't want to spend the time and effort to actually work on any sort of continuity like they did with the first series of movies up through phase three uh but now it's like well we're we're a brand now we're the it 
thing on the mm-hmm. market. So we will just do anything and then we'll just chalk it up to, well, it's a multiverse. So continuity's out the window. Who cares? Well, the problem it's is just, that they've had their grand finale. Yeah. And they don't want, you know, the, and they're trying to say, no, 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 not over phase five. Yeah. But nobody, it's, nobody's buying it. So it, well, it feels like a thread running through all the newer phase four stuff um, that hasn't been getting a lot of play. And it is a tentacle monster. And it does appear in Shang-Chi. In fact, it is sort of the big bad of Shang-Chi, but it's like this Cthulhu kind of thing that like just devours, I don't know, souls or... Uh, it. It's bad, yeah. right? But, but it <laughs> also um, is trying to get freed from its it, whatever interdimensional prison of, of convenient writing. And... Um, so it lies to people and tells them what they want to hear to manipulate them. That was a big thing in Shang-Chi. Yeah. And so the hypothesis is that that's why Wanda can hear her otherwise non-existent children calling for her help at the end of WandaVision. It's why we are seeing tentacles in What If, and it's possible that this is like a thing that's getting I, threaded through all the things. I guess. It's just got to feel like when uh, Leone hit it big in the 60s with the spaghetti westerns, when Clint Eastwood, like the man with no name, and then suddenly that was the big Western style. But then in the 70s, you get all of that awful dreck that's just like low mid budget and it's just looks cheap, sounds cheap. That's what I feel like is happening here. It's like the, the genre is just in its uh death throes at this point because, like mm. Eric said, they they peaked, they hit their climax with Endgame, and now it's just you know, it's on autopilot. And give them credit, 20 movies across 10 years, and for yeah. the most part, they were all at least, like, Watchable. good enough. Yeah. Well, they were, yeah. they were like, a template. They were yeah. the same. If you think of it, really, we watched the same movie over and over, over and, and, and over, over again. and over, yeah. It's but like that first movie place. was good. I enjoyed Iron Man, that thing that they wrote on the spot, you yeah. know. But, it, it, yeah, basically, okay, like, the hero, hit yeah. Hero is learning how to do his shit. He runs into an obstacle. He overcomes the obstacle. He wins. Along the way, we have some smart ass jokes and yeah. like a yep. moment of oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. But otherwise, tonally, it's the same thing each time. Yeah. And then there's a sky beam and and yeah, yeah, disaster <laughs> porn and shit blows up real good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's that's my Marvel and Marvel adjacent fresh shit for the week. Let's let's I mean, let Eric have a turn. Yeah, uh, hit us, Eric. Yeah. So so I had to I had to uh, Black Widow. Um. <laughs> I still haven't seen. Oh, it. we're still I, here. I still okay. haven't seen it. I saw it was on Disney wow. Plus. Wow. Yeah. Man, I mean, it just just. I'm, I, 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 let me count the ways. Uh, so as long as we're talking about Shang-Chi, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is a movie we literally didn't need to have, right? Uh, right. We, they cast it in between uh, Civil War and... Mm, I'm not sure which other one comes after, but... If, Infinity War, I yeah, think. Well, yeah, well, yeah, Infinity War. And so that, okay, she's still alive, okay. Uh, but, yeah, we follow Black Widow... Uh, basically hunting down the people who made her or the guy who, you know, is in charge of this whole thing who has a, mm-hmm. another helicarrier that can crash, you know, in a, in a spectacular fashion. Um, it's just, it's so badly written. 
they're like <laughs> yeah i don't know how how to okay there's there's a part with the sister uh uh, uh who is exp- asking her if she does the superhero pose when she lands right and it's like yeah it's supposed to be funny but it's just okay you can basically see them going we're being funny now to add levity to the movie that you're watching it's like it's like it's like eating uh, a dessert item and finding a huge clump of sugar in it you know it's like you didn't do this properly. Yeah. You didn't. Or a, you didn't think this through. Yeah. Or a toenail. Dead, Deadpool did the superhero landing joke, and it worked. You're yeah. doing it, mm-hmm. and it's obnoxious. And yeah. this film is just filled with shit like that. That's and moments I'm, that make no sense. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is it starting to 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 be obviously forced? Because they yeah. need content, they need to keep the brand going. But no, now it's this, just this particular movie was forced. This particular yeah. movie was, oh crap, we probably should have done a Black Widow movie before we killed right. off the character. Well, that's but, the thing is, like, you know, we were sexist and didn't. Do and the that. characterizations, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's 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 a family for some reason. There doesn't need to be, but yeah, we're gonna work <laughs> yeah, that yeah. in. And no, because we're introducing characters for the future by going to the past, and that's just wait, clunky. Whoa. I mean, it, it the whole thing but, is just yeah, like jamming stuff into the MCU. But they don't have to because it's there's a multiverse now. They can just add them whenever they want, right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And honestly, I don't I don't know that it's a Black Widow movie in that. Do we learn anything about her character? Does her character change Probably as a not. result of the, the I'm story? Gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, like it. It's more a movie about introducing her replacement actress than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Well, so did you watch the whole thing, Eric? Uh yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, interesting, because that sounds like something you would just turn off. So I, I'm, I, I'm, I kind of had it. Well, in truth, I had it on. You know, I was like, it was like something I kept going, "Uh uh-huh. You know, like, I tried watching the first half of it, and then I was just like, I I know I could clean this room while this movie is on. Well, the reason I didn't bother is because of all these points that you both bring up. I'm like, I could just inherently synthesize that as how I would react to the Black Widow movie. So I just never said, I'm going to watch this thing. I so you want to know why I I watched it? My real my real reason because I am such a Grinch that the entire time this whole phase one through four or whatever was going on, yeah. I every Marvel movie I'd watch I'd go oh this is the one that's gonna kill it oh this is the one that's gonna kill it and it's like each time <laughs> waiting for the bomb yeah, yeah each time they were kind of Eternals okay, but like, Eric I think it's Eternals yeah. when well, Ant Man is gonna kill it yeah when Ant Man came along and I watched that I was like exactly oh, uh, nope 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 time's up motherfucker same but same you know didn't happen but, and yeah, time's up Botha. ended up meaning something else completely but uh, we'll see I think they've got I've still they've still got gas in the tank but it's just the the tank's starting to get corrosive holes in it. So yes. it's just it's eventually it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. The the Black Widow movie is still more I, I would call it, you know, more entertaining than like say the old guard or any of these sort of like Netflix action yeah. movies. Okay. You know, see the problem is in my works. head I've got a better Black Widow movie. And and, yeah. and it's because sure. I've actually read the goddamn comic book. You don't include <laughs> a family, you don't include a history. You have one woman with red hair 
who's pissed the fuck off and just leaves a trail of bodies on her way yeah. to, you know, the, the bad guy. And yeah. it, it not unlike the unsuccessful, but, uh, uh, well-intentioned Aeon Flux movie of like 2000. Mm. Right. Well, the thing with Black Widow, it's, they, they did Captain Marvel and that was their big, like, oh, this is our female superhero blockbuster. But then people called him out. It's like, you've literally had a superhero woman in your stable since the beginning, and you never bothered to give her a movie, whereas everybody else got one. It's like, you guys are assholes. And then they like, <laughs> oh, oh, we probably should mm-hmm. just give her a movie. And it's all like after the fact kind of bullshit. And it's like, that's the reason well, it's nobody it probably thought sucks. that a female-led superhero movie would make any money. Yeah, the men. Um, bunch of assheads well look honestly though look at the history of female-led action movies and they've all failed uh and wonder woman finally succeeded but i don't think i still don't think it's on the strength of its writing you know it's still a clunky (laughs) shitty uh you know eyesore well wonder woman 1984 proved that you can definitely make a just as bad of a female (laughs) superhero (laughs) movie as any other well and and i'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's because they don't understand what makes these movies work when they work, or if it's because they don't care. They just need to churn out product. I think it's somebody just the says latter. I'd like to make I'd like to make Wonder Woman uh, a, a a a Mary Kay salesman. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure, shit, do it. We'll we'll yeah. make sure that you know this makes enough money through promotion. Well, I don't think it's a matter <laughs> of the the movies themselves, like female action leads, are bad because they're women in the leads, I think they're just poorly written to begin with. Because occasionally one comes out, like Atomic Blonde just kicks so much ass. Yeah. And it is such a good movie. But that's a rarity, and I don't know why. And it's just, do the people just not know how to really present an ass-kicking hero? Dudes don't know how to write women? Yeah, I mean, it's just Well, a dude wrote the Atomic Blonde one. A woman wrote the uh, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. It's just, mm, it's, it's, it's astonishing. But I think it boils down to it. Unless you're casting Charlize Theron in the role, it's not yeah. going to be any good. And I can't figure out why that is. It's so strange. So, Maybe because she's a producer and she knows how to pick writers. Exactly. Well, and even like Margot Robbie, as much as uh, the Harley Quinn character irritates me, uh, she's the only good part about any of the movies that she's been in so far. With the, the superhero shit. So it's like, I get it. If you've got an accomplished actress who knows how to kick ass, but also be charismatic, etc., then it works. But I don't understand why it's so hard for them to pull off. Because you could like throw yeah. Mel Gibson at anything and it's like, oh, it's a good action movie. You know, fuck you. No, well, it's not. <laughs> so. I mean, again, though, Margot Robbie's a producer and you exactly. know, not dumb. So like every might- time she gets into the job, I also, I think because she got burned on that first uh, Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, because they did so much work and none of it ended up in the movie. I think she's like, no, no, I'm taking control of this now. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah. you're not doing this without me having a say in what I say. I gotcha. Well, I mean, that, that if, James Gunn Superside Squad movie kind of got screwed by the Warner Brothers putting everything on HBO Max thing. Like, yeah. all of those Warner Brothers movies have tanked at the box office. And I think it's because everybody just took hbo max and watched it there yeah whereas yeah. black well, widow because they did the you have to pay if you want to watch it at home thing shang chi was theaters only venom is theaters only they're actually performing because they're making people go to the theater 
Yeah, and, maybe. And box office means nothing anymore anyway. It's like you can say, yeah, it didn't make any money at the box office, but it's going to do what it was going to do anyway, which is make a fuck ton of money over the next yeah. couple of years on streaming, people you know, yeah. buying it online. Ding, ding. And, yeah. that's the, and that gets to one of my biggest beefs with the whole system, is that they always make a big deal if, if a movie's like, global box office phenomenon, $100 million worldwide. It's like, that doesn't mean it's any good. It's like, yeah. I'd rather watch the movie that made $15 million worldwide that's actually made well, acted well, sure. entertaining, you know, will hold up. Not the $100 million blockbuster that's a piece of crap that in three years no one's going to remember because the sequel's out and that's even bigger and louder and explodier. I mean, that's yeah. the problem with these things. I just Worth The way they do the IPs now, it's just irritating. It's worth pointing out that Black Widow, which started this whole bit of the conversation, wasn't a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it was a $30 to, to watch it on streaming first <laughs> deal. Yeah. Yeah. Which I will, anyway. pose, I will pose this question. Uh, be, be speaking of box office, this is the weekend that uh, the new James Bond has finally been released. Did any of mm. you see this? No. I'm going to see it later today. Okay. So Me none too. of us have seen it yet. I will wait and hold review because I'm, I'm not yeah. going to go see it in the theater. Because uh, they're just petri dishes over here where I reside, so I'm gonna wait oh, for it. But all uh, right, so I'm let, interested let me get thoughts. into it. Let me get into the petri dish thing because I'm okay. the one who's been going to the theaters, <laughs> right. and that's gonna tie into a lot of what I have to say for this show. So okay. I refuse at this point to let the assholes be the only ones who get to go out and do anything. I follow the rules. I got my shots. I'm going to actually. I paid my go money and things. I'm going to see all the movie. <laughs> That's right. I paid my money and I'm going to see all the movie. I paid my money and I'm going to see all the movie. And it's going to be good. I'm telling you, people, it's going to be real good because I paid my money. I paid my money. <laughs> good. No time so, to die. Yeah. No. So time I have die. been to I have been to uh you know several movies in the theaters but I've also been going to performances. So um I'm going to ratchet up the size of these things as we go along. Um and maybe we'll just c keep coming back. But the first one I went to was at a, a venue that as configured would hold maybe about 1500 people. Mm -hmm. That's the Celebrity Theater. In and I saw Morris Day in the Time. Oh, we oh, no. <laughs> It was the first concert nice. that I went back to since the That is time. a great venue for them. Oh, my God. Did they spin it? Did they spin the yeah. turntable? No, they, they didn't spin it. They, di they didn't need to. It was not full, even at half capacity. <laughs> um, uh, I say, that Jeffrey. Was, that was kind of the deal. Now, Jerome. Now I got that song in my head. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. <laughs> yeah. So Morris Day in the Time, right? Like they are still exactly Morris Day in the Time, right? It's still just this guy whose persona is I am full of myself, yeah. and all of our songs are about how I want to. His his whole set is basically I want everybody in this theater to get laid tonight when they go home. <laughs> so nice. all of their songs are about like everybody needs to get in the mood for sex because that's what's happening after the show. <laughs> Did they play uh, Ice Cream Castles? Uh, yeah, actually. Nice. They, I love they, that song. They, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 went, they went into the back catalog by quite a bit. Nice. Uh, I don't have my notes anymore, but um, they, they really didn't 
I thought that they might have had the balls to try and perform at least something by Prince, but they just kind of had this video montage of thank you, Prince, we love you, and here's some pictures of Prince yeah. hanging out with Morris Day back in the day. That's a better idea. I yeah. Mean, yeah. As long well, as they don't I bring mean, out a their hologram. sound is very much that sound, right? It's that same Minneapolis sound. Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, no they're hologram. Inter- Certainly they're not inter- celebrity theater. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> uh, cool. But we well, went, and they were not requiring proof of vaccination at this show. Other shows at that same venue are going to, but not this yeah. one. And, you know, people were generally masked. We were in seats where we had some room around us, and if we if we felt crowded, we knew that the, the seats in the back had not been sold, so we were ready to just, you know, walk up to the back row and yeah. watch it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it worked out okay, but it was a little weird. It was a little weird going back into a theater of that size and and seeing a concert. Well, that's like, uh, ACL festivals going on. This is the last weekend here. And so many people bought their tickets for it back in June when they went on sale. Cause we were in that glorious six week period where they're like, yeah, we're over it. We're through this. And then the the Delta variant hit and then we went Mm -hmm. back up to like stage five or something and then everything started to get really uh, questionable again. (laughs) So all these people had tickets to ACL and the big draw was Stevie Nicks for some godforsaken reason. I don't understand why, but everybody's like, oh, Stevie Nicks was the first thing they said, reason they bought their tickets. And Let's all give Stevie Nicks COVID. She's old. Yeah. Yeah, Well, she she bowed out because, you know, she's probably thinking I'm old. I don't need this bullshit. Right. Uh, and so suddenly all these people that bought ACL tickets for Stevie Nicks are like, well, she's no longer playing, so fuck. <laughs> so that's been the mood. And then suddenly uh, Machine Gun Kelly's playing and then everybody's going to see his bullshit. And I don't know, the whole thing is just irritating. But it's like... I like that I like that your performance venue is named after a knee injury. Can I say right? that? Does anyone ever say that? <laughs> uh, I always uh, think of it that way, but uh, that's just the short hand here <laughs> austin city limits acl yeah yeah it's it's yeah but it used to be <laughs> you're, one you're torn yeah between those two interpretations exactly <laughs> well done yes exactly <laughs> uh but it used to be like one weekend and then they decided that they would make it two and the whole thing is just this bloated overblown like festival deal and people are always like you going to acl no i'm not going to acl I'm 50 years old. I give a fuck about concerts. I mean, that's literally what I have to tell them. It's like, I'm not going to some festival with a bunch of fucking hippies lined up at the porta potty playing hacky sack or whatever the fuck they do. I mean, I just get like crotchety old man immediately. And, yeah. and I'm like, hey, why are you backing away, dude? And that's literally every conversation. <laughs> so We're going to go get a macadamia nut waffle at the, uh, at the, 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 the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Piccadilly so, Circus, whatever so, yeah. it is, the that old people eat macadamia yes. waffles. So I I applaud you for going to an actual concert, Brian. I don't. Oh, it'll I get worse. Okay, but what else has Eric got? I'm not going to hog the whole show. Oh, well, I okay, have something. Yeah. I have something. Oh, new go. As well. Yeah, do. I thought you said you didn't have anything. Okay, I got said I I said I didn't have a lot, but okay. uh, but the new season uh season three of what we do in the shadows is now on uh hulu is showing it and it is still hilarious I'm not really? sure if you guys are watching the show but it's, I, it's i've so only good. watched the movie i haven't pulled the trigger on the series i tried the show and i w- i got bored so i didn't go back to it 
you, you gotta give, like, second season it starts to gel. Like, the oh. first season is just sort of them setting it up and you're kind of getting used to the characters. But by the second season, it's just, they're, they're so uh, gelled as a unit that it's just so ridiculous. Uh, where you get the, the best episode of season two is the one where Mark Hamill guest stars as another vampire who's been hunting uh, Matt Barry's character, Laszlo. For, for like 150 years over some slight. <laughs> uh, so Laszlo basically goes and hides in the burbs somewhere and basically takes on the persona of... Uh, <laughs> of uh, oh, What was his name? Shit. Oh, Jackie Daytona, human bartender. And he's like pretending to be a human uh, bartending <laughs> and like becomes like a, a scion of the community where he's like uh, helping the, the local volleyball team hit the the state championships and everybody loves them. And then at the end, Hamill shows up and then they have their like vampire thing. It's so ridiculous. But by the end of that season, Guillermo, the familiar finds out that he's actually of the Van Helsing lineage. And so he winds up oh, through no. a lot of like <laughs> happenstance, killing a bunch of other vampires. And so it becomes this whole other side plot like, where like just out of like reflex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and then the vampire council thinks that the four of them are somehow involved with these killings and so then they get like bounties i mean it's just so overblown and ridiculous but by the third season they've just they, they're not even making any sort of uh continuity thing they're just like every episode's its own thing and fuck off and it's just funny as hell so if you like really deadpan mockumentary stuff this is definitely the series for you so it's fun so I'm just that's my that's my uh my hot pick for the week right there. What we do in the shadows. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Are there any of the characters carryovers from the film or is it is it all new characters that are just in the same universe? It's it's all new characters. They do cross over some of the characters from the movie like Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement show up at some point as their characters. Uh but this okay. is a whole a whole new set of vampires in uh, New no, York. that's that's good. I was worried that they had recast those roles, and I didn't no, no. want them to. So no, it's a good. it's a whole different household of vampires. And then the best character is Colin Robinson, who's an energy vampire. So he basically sucks the life force out of people by being intensely boring. And so yeah. he he likes to go hang out. <laughs> yeah, he likes to go hang out at like the DMV and then just chat people up. And when he starts to get enough energy like his eyes glow so every now and then he'll just turn to the camera with this big shit eating grin and his eyes are just glowing this massive blue <laughs> and it's like and the other person like has, has the over wrap the up to an otherwise incredibly dull scene yeah so <laughs> it's it's fun so they're they're good but i'll watch anything with matt barry i'm honestly a fan uh so everything i've seen him in is amazing and uh he's good so there you have it what we do in the shadows I'll try. Yeah. I'll give. Yeah. I mean, running out of stuff here in the bunker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because the only other thing that we've sort of fallen into is reruns of Father Ted from the BBC, like 1996. Have you ever watched that show, Eric? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so isn't ridiculous. he the one? He's the one who made that sign famous down with this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, Brian, but it's a a BBC show, basically. Uh, like three priests in the in like the Irish Catholic Church or whatever who fuck up so bad that they all get 
sent to this little island off the coast of Ireland for their parish because as like punishment and it's the co-creators Graham Linehan who would go on to do the IT crowd and so it's got a lot of that flavor it's almost like if they just took the young ones and just transposed it to a bunch of fuck up priests in the Catholic church (laughs) on a and it's just so ridiculous and so sexist and so just off-putting but like like there's father ted who yeah there's father ted who basically just bumbles through everything and he's generally a nice fellow he's got his uh younger uh priest with him uh who is just dumb he's just stupid (laughs) as fuck and He's a simpleton almost. And then they've got another father who's just like this raging alcoholic who just gets angry at the drop of a hat if he doesn't have his bottle of whiskey. And he's just all like looks like a crazy homeless person. But he's wearing like the Catholic frock. And that's like the butt of every episode is just these freaks running around pseudo representing the Catholic church <laughs> and getting into all manner of misadventures. I didn't think I would like it because I'm not yeah. Catholic. But it is it's a, it, it is classic. Yeah, and, and, and it's also very, uh, um, I, I, it's almost more stereotypical Irish comedy oh, yeah. than it is you yeah. know, Catholic priest comedy, because I don't remember any children getting felt up. <laughs> yeah, so it's all, it's all very amusing. There's only like 26 episodes, apparently. I didn't realize it was yeah. that short, but uh, there you have it. So Father Ted. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's for it by name. <laughs> Fucking great show. I love that. <laughs> Eric, where are we going next? Okay, uh, a great show that my wife introduced me to called Work in Progress. Uh, hmm. We've been watching that. Yeah, well, this one. Uh, Abby McEnany is uh, uh, the creator and star of this show uh, with, I think, Lily Wachowski is one of the uh, producers on it. Huh. Um, <clears throat> and it's a, a, a self-described Butch Dyke who has depression and uh, and is very OCD, and it's very funny watching her sort of try to I don't I don't know either maintain sanity or or figure out why she's so fucked up. This bitch at work knows I've been fluctuating weight wise, so she's like, uh, I went to Costco and got you almonds. So I laid out 180 almonds, and every day I'm gonna just gonna throw one away. And then at the end, if I one last almond, if there's one almond left and I don't feel any better, I'm do- I'm done. I'm out because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of struggling. And in my note, I'm gonna tell that woman that the almonds were what pushed me over the edge. Basically, I watch it because um, I see so much of myself. In this show, where it's just you're this, an OCD sort of, Butch Dyke, yes, this sort <laughs> of grimacing kind of self-loathing that goes on throughout the show. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know that. So, like, what's the what's the cure? What do you do? You know, <laughs> what, what's up? That's such a great uh, description, Brian. That's like that's how I'm going to talk. Tell Eric, like, introduce Eric to people from now on. This is my friend Eric. He's a self-loathing Butch Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's spot on. It, yeah, it's it's there there are parts of it that are like like just just hilarious um that it makes no sense for me to tell you about because they're all in context. And at the same time, uh there's a lot of pathos. It's not like uh sort of bullshit drama in in between 
bits of comedy. It's not a drama that has some unfunny parts. It's just yeah. very well put together. Um, Is it a work yeah, in progress? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, okay. I, I, I think, well, unless, mm, that's a good question. Because like I said, be, I think this is a little autobiographical. Because um, that would certainly be funny if it was like a compact one season show and they called it work in progress. That would be a very yeah. subtle uh, little jab. Yeah. <laughs> she she uh, obsessively journals. So like okay. she's always like writing down stuff. In, and at one point she has her um, uh, uh, her boyfriend over and bear in mind boyfriend it's it's a a a trans man so it's a butch dating a trans it's all very like the gender fluidity in this show is amazing you know okay uh because none of it is considered or you know thought of as weird it's just yeah okay that's what's going on um but yeah has the boyfriend over and explains yeah uh i journal because i'm trying to write down everything about my life so I can figure out what's wrong with me and opens the closet door and it is just wall to wall boxes that say, you know, Abby and they're full of notebooks because ever <laughs> oh, since she God. was a child, she would write everything down and basically try and, you know, figure out her code. It's very, it's very yeah. OCD. Yes. Yeah. It's really great. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, where, where is this available? That's a showtime. Okay. So when you, when you end up picking up Showtime to watch the last season of Billions, uh, <laughs> watch this too. And oh, by the way, the last, the last episodes of the last season of Billions, oh my God. Do either of you watch Billions at all? No, Not at all. We don't have Showtime. Fuck. All right. Well, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyone else who watches Billions, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. That one other person out there was Showtime. Watch yeah. Billions. <laughs> yes. It's a great show. It's just, it's oh, just, I, I don't unfortunately, it's streaming on Showtime. So, yeah. God. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I went, I, go ahead. I went to Morris Day and I did not catch COVID. And so we ratcheted it up. Was and, that on the t shirt, uh, by the way? Not yet. <laughs> I went to Morris Day and I didn't <laughs> oh. catch COVID. So, um, the we have you know we we still have our season tickets to Gamage they've you know we've had them for like eighteen months of no shows yeah um but the first show back was the return of the touring company for Hamilton and so I go to a performance of Hamilton with a completely full Grady Gamage auditorium uh about three thousand people. How many times have now, you seen Hamilton live now? Well, this would be the second time I've seen it live. I've seen okay. two live performances and the Disney Plus, you know, filmed version. I, yeah, um, I wish I could sing one of the songs, but I don't know. Uh, Hamilton, 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 <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Brr. Oh. Brr. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, this is this is again sort of like what's your comfort level yeah, going out in exactly. the world, right? And. First of all, they did require masks at, at this one. So everybody was masked, and everybody was actually good about it, and they were specific, you know, over your mouth and nose, you know, because people need to be told this. Um, and I'm sitting there going, okay, let's talk about playing the odds. The audience at Hamilton specifically, all right, that's probably going to be people on the older side, so... 
they're more statistically likely to have gotten vaccinated. You know, like if this was, you know, the Lion King or Frozen or something, I'd been like, no, because it would have been like a million unvaccinated kids. And no, we're not yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, I have never been to a performance at Gamage where the number of times I heard a person cough could be counted on one hand until now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's like if the you're seat on, dropped out and they were, you know, dumped into the basement and hauled away, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, plus it's much. like, I don't know about you, but if I'm in a public setting now, even if I have a mask, it's like, I will do everything in my power to stifle any sort of cough I feel coming Right. Because I don't want to freak anybody out, you know? That's literally the reason for it. But yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so. But, but you had to watch Hamilton again, right? Because I, it's I the like same, Hamilton. I. <laughs> God damn it. I know you don't like it, and I know you're going to complain about the Aaron Burr thing, but it, it you know, <laughs> I'll say this. This was the least um, entertaining, or my least favorite of the three th- times I've seen, three different ways I've seen Hamilton. Yeah. Um, well, had you what, seen it pre-COVID or post-COVID? I had before? seen it pre-COVID, See, and then I'm, I'd seen it during COVID, and now I've seen it whatever I'm, this is. I'm guessing <laughs> that any sort of touring company and like COVID, post-COVID times, whatever we're in now. The bottom of the barrel. They're probably a little rusty. It's You know what I mean? All, so. Actually, no, It's a great, that's a great idea for a Netflix series about, you know, a bunch of people who have like <laughs> shitty, barely entertainment jobs, like a guy who sings in a, uh, you know, like a McDonald's as the entertainer or, you know, like just, just all horrible ass-end entertainment jobs who all get on the touring uh, company of Hamilton <laughs> because they can't find anybody else and they're all like ah I'm game let's let's do it and <laughs> well yeah what what was interesting about this round was um I generally prefer the music in the first half of the show but not this time this time the second half was better than the first half which which was weird and and I have some opinions about that uh, the first time we saw it, we had we actually had the understudy playing Hamilton, and he was trying to look and sound as much like Lin Manuel Miranda as he could, um, and he generally got away with it. This time around, not that, uh, and in fact, that's okay. This guy is um, he's got a deeper voice, and he's a way better rapper than Lin Manuel Miranda is, and and he's not as good a singer. <laughs> <laughs> um, better rapper so worse singer but but by in so doing he makes the part his own which is which is nice to kind of see how that's going to evolve but but the thing that got me was by the by the intermission i had completely convinced myself because of the lack of energy in the especially in the drums that they didn't have live musicians in the pit and that we were watching the whole thing being played to a backing track. Ooh. And and it took me out of the show in a big like it was definitely an energy suck. And then like halfway through the second half they wave at the conductor and he kind of waves back, you know, as 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 one of the gags in the show and <laughs> it's some dude with a tape recorder. Yeah, or something. <laughs> but then like when we're walking out of the theater, the band is playing and the drummer is kicking ass and I'm like Wait, that was a live band the whole time and it just sounded pre-recorded? What the fuck is going So I don't know if they had something done weird with the way they had partitioned the instrumentalists, you know, and mic'd them and it was like too polished. 
but it took a lot of the live energy out of the out of the show, which is too bad. Yeah, maybe only part of it was live. Maybe. Well, definitely some of it's recorded. There's no question yeah. about that. Um, Interesting. My but, wife took me yeah. to Mamma Mia at Gamage, and I, she was like, no, 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 you'll love it, you'll love it. And we didn't even get to, like, by the time we got to intermission, we're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And it was for the same reason. It was the 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 uh, the D team uh, that was performing, <laughs> and it was all pre-recorded. I was like, there's the name oh of your show. God, this yeah, the the lead doesn't even seem like an actress. She seems like a substitute music teacher from the local elementary yeah. school. This this is this Dude, sucks. That is your that is your pitch right there. It's called the D team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the supporting cast was really good, but the two most critical roles being um Angelica and and Hamilton himself, those two were weak and everybody else was actually pretty damn good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And part of it is it's just not new anymore, right? So whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. sort of sheen you get from seeing that for the first time is gone for me now. Oh yeah. my god, that reminds me because I texted uh, when I saw this a few weeks back, but I just randomly saw the trailer for Spielberg's West Side Story, mm, and my yes. immediate reaction was why it just doesn't That's everyone's reaction yeah, i'm like why are you doing this it looks just terrible like i love the first the the original west side story by robert wise just the way it's shot the colors i mean everything about it just screams musical to me but i love it and this thing is just it's just so glitzy glossy slick and has no reason for existence i am looking forward to this be for a couple reasons one uh i i you know I don't like the Robert Weiss version. Really? I thought it was dull. I, I, I thought it dragged. I did not like it. Um, Is it because it's like got a 10 minute overture at the beginning where it's just the guy whistling? Like every Robert Weiss film does, maybe. <laughs> yes. I mean, Jesus, from the Sand Pebbles to uh, Star yeah. Trek The Motion Picture, which are both unthrilling. Uh, yeah, it, it follows that same lack of pacing. I, I guess, well, I think- and, and Steven Spielberg, you know, will like. He will he will sell his own mother into slavery before he'll make a film that's you know that drags. Yeah. If nothing else, yeah. he understands pacing. So I, like, I think for that, this is going to be. I think this is going to be the sort of you think you remember what Wet Side Story was like, and and the Spielberg version will be that, like the way you think it was, as I opposed guess. to the way it actually was. It just it seems to me like it'll show up and it'll be way more like Moulin Rouge than West Side Story. That's just my gut feeling, but I don't know. No, no, it not looks, be it looks using pretty different straight. Songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know yeah, what I mean? I, just like the general pacing and cutting and the way it looks, blah, blah, blah. So I, the only, the only thing I think that will, that will hurt it is the lack of a uh, 20s Rita Moreno because yeah. she was, of course, the you know fucking awesome in the first yeah. film. I mean, there's exactly. no denying it. Okay. I look at it and I'm just like, my God, more baby boomer nostalgia. Jesus Christ, are we still doing baby boomer nostalgia? Yeah, and then exactly. I noticed that there's like a, a reboot of The Wonder Years with a black family yeah. set in the 60s. Uh, baby boomer nostalgia. I'm like, well, why? I'll, I can one up you on that though, because I just read the story where Netflix has got a limited series that's going to go into production uh, called That 90s Show. 
So they're oh, milking yeah. that bullshit now. So basically, you know Donna what? and Eric's kid comes to live with Red and Kitty I'm in the 90s. I'm fine with that. Can we please do anything other than reliving the fucking baby boomer's childhood in 2021? I'm so go, done Forrest with it. Go. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Right. Okay, so I a movie. I saw uh, The Many Saints of Newark, a movie I was looking forward to so much. Did it yeah, tell us disappointed about this. so greatly. <laughs> I heard it was a terrible idea from the get-go. It just fell flat. It, I, I mean, I, I had all these expectations because I wrote a better film in my head yet again. I think that's what really makes... Disappointed films disappointed. <laughs> that's your that's your biography title. I wrote a better yeah. film in my head. In my head. Yeah. By Eric Reed. <laughs> uh, I I yeah. I show up for this and it's you know you think it's going to be, um, how Tony Soprano became. You know like like what made right. him nutty in the first place and follow a life of crime when he didn't have to. And if you look at the very beginning of the film and the very end of the film, yeah, that's what it's about. Unfortunately, nothing in the middle builds to any of that. It's really all about, um, uh, 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 what's his name? Dickie Moltisanti, who Tony always talks about in the show as having been his, uh, his mentor. He's not. He's a guy who, who got along with uh, Tony while his dad was in jail. Uh, but otherwise, it's basically the story of him, Moltisanti, and... Him not like being a gangster and feeling guilty, and that's uh, no, not even that. Here's here's the thing: we walked out, and I said to my wife, "Okay, so a bunch of stuff happened, and then the movie was over." And she was like, "Yeah, that's it. It's just a bunch of stuff happened. <laughs> you keep waiting for for something to have stakes or to have you know sort of a cohesive connection to the next thing you see, and it kind of doesn't. Right. It's just a bunch of fan fiction." like thrown into a goddamn movie so they black it, it widowed like it. they black widow yet it. another yeah and yet another prequel like yeah. black widow is a prequel this thing is a prequel like they just i don't think prequels work no <laughs> yeah it's, because ugh. you don't need if you needed that stuff so badly you would have shot that originally you know you yeah. don't mm-hmm well, the it, only like time... Star Wars works without knowing how Darth Vader Darth Vadered. Yeah. Well, it plus works the... better, in fact. Yes. The, the only <laughs> prequel that's ever worked in the existence of film is Godfather Part Two, and even that's not a total prequel because it's yeah. bridged in with the current. But there's enough of that element there to make it mostly a prequel. But that works. They're flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. But ugh. and what's that more, like... they're flashbacks set against a current story that mirrors it. It's like yeah. there's almost. A, there's a very almost there's a very necessary reason for running them together right. like that. This is how the dad did it. This is how the son did it. This is why the dad ended up, you know, uh, uh, beloved. This is why the son ended up feared and you know and demonized. Hated. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you didn't like it because I know you like The Sopranos, but uh, I yeah. I like The Sopranos, but I was really I thought this was you know like I don't know I I I I I, I hate how much I was looking forward to this now. Um, <laughs> there is one part yeah. in there that is so hilarious. I'm going to ruin it for everyone right now. Go yeah, look for it on YouTube. Um, there's a part. Okay. Tony Soprano's mother is a whining, complaining, angry, unhappy piece of shit. Like even in youth. 
and she's <laughs> Italian. She, no, yeah, nothing she's that you in can the find car familiar in any way. <laughs> right. She's in the car with her husband and uh, uh, the Moltisanti's in the background, in the in the back seat, and she's talking, complaining, and talking and complaining. And Mister Soprano, uh, the the gangster who has just gotten back from prison, <laughs> pulls out uh, his his handgun, sticks it up against her head. Pulls the trigger, pow, and everything goes silent. And you realize he just shot her through her hair, like through her bun, the the bump, the hair bump. It's just <laughs> right. so fucking funny. Just bang, and she turns to look at him, like, "What did you do that for?" And there's a smoking hole on the side of her hair. <laughs> uh, oh, that's geez. the one part of the movie I really, really enjoyed. Okay. <laughs> You heard it Otherwise, here first. yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, and there's like lots of character uh flashbacks. Hey, this is what's uh, uh this is what this guy looked like young. This is what that guy looked like young, you know. Uh his wife shows up for like 5 seconds as a high school chick. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Yeah, this is okay. Did they do but there was Lorraine no Bracco's character? Like did they have her just like wander in just randomly? No. Okay. No, but uh Moltisanti does keep visiting his uncle in prison who basically acts as Lorraine Bracco, who basically okay. is his shrink. It's, uh Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so I went to Hamilton, and I still didn't catch COVID. So. Oh. Okay. I, I feel like there's like, I feel like there's like a zinger coming where at the end of the show, you're just going to go, oh, by the way, uh, I did catch COVID eventually. Well, if I didn't catch COVID at this... I'm not sure how I'm going to catch it at this point. So I mean, just like um, lick everybody in public. You could try I, that. So I went to a concert, you know, again, we bought all these tickets. We've been seeing a lot of stuff in 2019 and had bought tickets for 2020 and things keep getting postponed. Well, this is one of those things. Um, it was supposed to be a tour where the opening acts were Liz Fair and Garbage and the headliner was Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Um in actuality, Liz Fair is not part of the tour and was replaced by Cat Power, and Cat Power sucks. But um, I did go see Alanis Morissette and primarily Garbage at what used to be called the Desert Sky Pavilion. It's now called Ok Chin Pavilion. Seats about 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, was in a place, at least with an outdoor venue, people? with 15,000 people. Yeah. That sounds um, terrible. That sounds just like my nightmare, Brian. How do you, how? I mean, honestly, we got lucky on this one too, because for whatever reason, most of our row didn't show up and most of the row in front of us didn't show up. So we actually kind of had a buffer. <laughs> so it was um, like 14,075. <laughs> well, it's a 17,000 seater venue. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying okay. about 15 turned up. Um yeah, we got lucky, uh, but I, it was much more close quarters at Hamilton, and that was indoor. I think Hamilton was the scarier thing. But yeah, I went to a big rock concert at a big venue, uh, like like a wow. normal pastime. Do I don't like, think I don't think that you're 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 doing this right. The whole point of uh of this this lockdown is it's an excuse to not have to do junk. What are you doing? Yeah, really. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've been sitting here scraping the bottom of the streaming barrel for a year. I need something to do. I um, mean, you could have been watching Father Ted. Yeah, yeah you know? but I got to see fucking garbage instead. <laughs> Ooh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. No big old bucket list. Uh, they 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 killed it. Um, they, did they stick to the the hits, or did they do some like? B-cuts? It was heavily the first two albums. There was a, okay. there was like one song from their new new album, and some other song I didn't recognize. But mostly they stuck to the hits, and uh, they had some fun with them too, right? So, uh, for example, one of their songs, the. Um, the backing synthesizer track is is basically exactly I feel love, and and I tried to record this so that I could play it for Eric, but the, but but you know it was going and she actually started to sing I feel love over it because they know, right? It's like very distinctive. How could you not know? And yeah, and and another one of their songs, um, they're they're playing along and um. And you don't realize how much it's inspired by until they blatantly point out that this song can have a personal Jesus break right in the middle of it. <laughs> like, full-on just sampled Depeche Mode and played that and then started doing um, a verse and a chorus of personal Jesus before transitioning back into their own right. the song of theirs that worked. But, but yeah, uh, they, they killed it. Garbage was great. I... This was also the first time I've been to a big concert where I wasn't really there for the headliner. It's Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah, why would you? And, I mean, she's got a lot of hits and had this really charming intro video. And, oh, before I even get to her bit, between the sets, you know, they're playing music, you know, as they do. The DJs plays music. And they played Wonderwall. Ew. Now... Here's the thing, right? You know how I keep saying you don't get to choose the songs of your generation? Nobody picked Wonderwall. But every fucking one of the 15,000 people in that concert venue knows the lyrics to Wonderwall and started, you know, the the song started to turn to my wife. It's because there's like four. They're going to sing, aren't they? Everyone's going to sing. And sure enough, they did. Wonderwall is a song for simple people because there's literally like four lines in the entire song. So you don't need to know anything other than that. It's perfect for being drunk. I think that's what it's designed for. So, yeah. (laughs) I was was in the car the other day, just the other day, and I found myself... I think it's... Yeah, it's the wrong song. But uh, I, I was like, Tuesday is going to be the day that starts with the word two. Wednesday yep, is going to be the day that isn't a two but three. I'm not a two but three and two. And like, like it's that kind of thing that those lyrics make as much sense as anything the Gallagher brothers wrote yeah. because none of the words make any goddamn sense. This is true. Well, that reminds me of this weird uh, random interview I just fell into flipping channels one day. And it was Liam Gallagher on some show. They were interviewing him, and he was talking about how he was hanging out with uh, Steve Coogan back, probably the, like the late '90s, so it was before Coogan uh, cleaned up and got sober. And they just had been on like a bender, and they ended up in the hotel bar, and people were going up to Liam Gallagher and just saying, "Sing Wonderwall, sing Wonderwall." He's like, "No, fuck you, 
I'm not going to sing Wonderwall. Because you could tell he just gets irritated when people ask him to sing Wonderwall. So Steve Coogan's like, I'll get up. I'll sing. So Coogan gets up <laughs> and starts singing like the karaoke. And people are like looking at Liam Gallagher now going, hey, he's better than you. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Big shocker there. Yeah, so Liam Gallagher's um, like telling this story. So obviously he's got some uh, time in between then and now to have a sense of humor about it. But man, just that whole scene just played in my head now every time I hear Wonderwall. So I do want to I do want to put a shout out on the Alanis Morissette uh, set. the The sound mix was really good. Um, one of the best sound mixes I've heard at a live performance, and. That is in large part due to also Alanis Morissette herself, who does not just sing with her voice, she has to sing with her arm and her microphone technique because she is apparently really fucking loud. She, when she's hitting the high notes, she is has her microphone arm fully extended at about navel level. And it's the same, and she's, so for every note she's singing, her mic is at a different distance to her mouth, because otherwise she's just going to distort the crap out of everything. Um, and they nail it. Like, she knows how to do that. Also, she just does not stop running across the stage, left and right. This woman gets her steps. Her Fitbit is happy with her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, it's, yeah, the things you think of when you're older now that you wouldn't have before. (laughs) Yeah. So Alanis that Morissette, is really Alanis Morissette. Steps. <laughs> if you're a fan of hers, she puts on a good show. I just we got to we you know they played several hits oh, at the Jesus beginning and it was Christ. a Sunday night and and we did the full on Mark Maron Rolling Stones thing and we're like okay as soon as this hits boring we're out and yeah. so we left. Oh, <laughs> but, I love that bit. Yeah. In, I, I remember in high school. Me. I'm sorry. In high school on PBS, there I remember they had like you know a concert. Uh, uh, of Peter, Paul, and Mary, and I was like, oh, God, how awful to, like, be so old that this is, like, and now I did the math. Alanis Morissette to us is Peter, Paul, oh, and yeah. Mary to people oh, yeah. in, like, 1989. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh. Well, that's like if you do the math. <laughs> so getting it's like in her the... steps, that hits hard. Yeah. Well, it's like doing the math. It's like if you did Back to the Future now and went back to the same period of time, uh, uh-huh. then you would be looking at, like, 91. So if yeah. Back to the Future happened today, it would be 1991. Like, and it would no, and no. it would still be a movie about a guy who almost fucks his mom. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. The How 60s to the 80s are as NSYNC's "Bye Bye Bye" is to today. You're fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. old. Anyway, <laughs> at least I'm getting my uh, goddamn steps in. Yeah, we're in the home stretch, <laughs> fellas. Almost done. Yeah, yeah, the sweet. Speaking the of which, I think that's probably unless somebody's got anything burning, we might have hit the end of the show. No, <laughs> we've I'm hit the just end waiting. Of the show we because we're going to need all of next week to talk about Squid Game because yeah. damn, I haven't seen it, so maybe I'll have to watch some. Well, all right, Squid damn. Game. Stay tuned for Squid Game on the I'm, next episode of the Magnificent the Huge podcast, yeah, which I'm you'll hear. I'm just waiting Go for ahead. the sweet embrace of death. That's really my bag <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, if. While you're waiting for the sweet embrace of death, subscribe to the podcast, and the next episode you hear, we'll probably have Eric talking about Squid Game. Uh, if you rate the podcast, maybe more people will hear it, and they can wait for death with you. And, uh, yeah, uh, tweet us your nihilism. We are at MagHuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E, or email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook or Instagram or our website, maghuge.com. Check it out. There's or more of this. don't. 
fuck it. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We're so ironic. We're trying to get nihilists to do something, really? <laughs> <laughs>